0: The intention of a photographer is to capture the beauty in places, obvious or hidden, in which modern age and technology cause us to dismiss. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 164 for the end of July 2022. And I'm always conscious of what I'm saying because I'm afraid I'm going to say 2020 for some well, reason. For me, reason. it's
1: 2019. I, 2019. I, I, I keep thinking it's 2019.
0: Okay, you missed a year there, but or a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind going back into time. Actually, uh, speaking of time, I just watched... Um, but before the episode, before we started recording, I had dinner and I watched Arrival. Have you seen that movie? I have. Yes. That is, that is. Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. That is a really good movie. And every time I watch it, I, you know, I can I watch it multiple times? I love watching movies multiple times because it's like, Me too. it's like looking at a piece of art multiple times, you know, it's no different. Mm-hmm. But that whole sense of, um, shifting through time in that, mm-hmm. uh. In that movie um, how the aliens speak to what was her name the actress and the actor amy um, adams amy adams and yeah. how she keeps tripping through time and seeing her daughter and uh and that yeah. affects how she is uh, uh, communicating with the aliens and with her fellow uh,
1: uh, uh humans but the photography in that is so oh. denny villeneuve well he's brought us the blade the new blade runner and um What's his last Dune. one? Dune. Dune, Dune.
0: yeah. Dune. Okay. The and um, I don't know who I can't remember who was doing who the cinematographer was on this, but there is something about the it, it actually reminded me of Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan does this thing in his films where a character will look at something or and then have a flashback, you know, and mm-hmm. then there'll be this sort of quiet flashback, something going on. How it happened in Batman. Um, the Batman uh, begins when, okay. uh, when uh, Bruce um, Bruce Wayne comes back up to his uh, burned out uh, mansion, and oh. then he picks up the um, stethoscope that his father gave him, and all of a sudden it's a flashback of his dad putting the stethoscope on his chest. And this is similar yeah. to that. You know, there's a lot of this shallow depth of field and plays with light and stuff. That that um, there's like a scene where uh the, the 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 character's child is in the foreground and there's some bizarre shape in the background it's so out of focus and it mm. sort of mimics the aliens and then as it comes into focus you see it's a horse, you know. Um so I just watched that movie for the I mean I love the story. It's a great story. And I, I watch it but for the photography. It's just so compelling yeah. visually. So uh
1: yeah. It's funny that you're talking about going back and forth through time. I just got, uh, went to visit my daughter it was, um, last weekend was her, her university graduation and we stopped by the bookstore and, um, I picked up a, uh, graphic novel of Slaughterhouse-Five. Oh, really? Vonnegut. Yeah. And so I'll get, you know, I'll get my son into, get my son into, uh, into some Vonnegut through, uh, through a graphic novel, so we'll see how that works out. But I, that's uh, one of my favorite time travel stories, back and forth. Come on,
0: become unstuck in time
1: as we become unstuck in time. <laughs> Billy Pilgrim,
0: yeah, absolutely. Billy Pilgrim, yeah. God, I haven't read that. I haven't read that book in a zillion years. And I remember seeing the movie in school. We read the book and then we saw the movie, and I don't think I've seen the movie since. And we did, mm. we saw that and Catch Twenty Two. Those two were, were together um, as part of the. I maybe saw that it was in college. I saw it. I can't remember, but uh, it was a very strange movie for a young person to to watch. And uh, I can't. I should pick that book up again. I haven't. I haven't read it. But yeah, let's become unstuck in time. So, so speaking of unstuck in time, (laughs) (laughs) unstuck in time. (laughs) I'm I'm stuck in time. Uh, Not much, you know. Not a lot's going on. A couple things. Um, Thought we would, you know talk about the photography stuff that's happened this week. I had, uh, I got pulled into being in part of a show. Um, pulled into,
1: you were selected.
0: I was selected. Yes, I was selected. Actually. Uh, yeah, not making light of it. It's just sort of a bad intro there, but, (laughs) um, uh, photographer that I know who's uh, very well known in the street photography world. Uh, Jamel Shabazz, who, uh, I've, Wanted to get on the show, and we will get on the show. He's actually said yes um, to being Yay. on the show. Yay! We'll talk about that I'm in a second. I'm looking forward to talking to him. Yeah, and uh, native Brooklynite, has been shooting, uh, photographing, then you know, people in New York, you know, for forever. Uh, I met him a while back when I was working on the uh, television show that I was shooting at Brick, called. Uh, uh, now I'm spacing out. <laughs> uh, it's called BK Live, and he was. In, they did an interview with him. I can't remember if he was having a show or something like that. And I, I, after the after the interview, I went up to him because I was just starting the podcast. There, me and Tom were were doing it, and I was like, you know, I'd love to have you on the mm-hmm. show. And I gave him a card, and he was like, yeah. And we stayed in touch through Facebook since then. You know, just we we haven't really crossed paths a lot. Um, mm-hmm. The beginning of this year. He uh, was tasked or asked by uh, Photoville uh, to curate a show of Brooklyn photographers. Now, Photoville, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but Photoville started off as a photo festival that uh, takes place in Brooklyn Bridge Park. And they set up galleries and all sorts of photo oriented kind of classes and stuff mm-hmm. in these uh, shipping containers. That are all set right. up in in Brooklyn Bridge Park, and and they've grown into sort of a worldwide organization. And yeah, they uh,
1: they actually they're in Calgary in February. They are. Yeah, there's oh. um, uh, it's a construction fence that goes all the way around a whole city block of, uh, it's like this canvas, this printed canvas that goes printed all. Printed canvases, around. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they call it the fence, and um, the fence, they. Yeah they started setting up multiple fences or, or uh, putting up images on multiple fences around Brooklyn. I don't know if in in other boroughs and stuff like that. And so they've grown into this giant organization. Obviously they're, they're in Canada too. And when Mm -hmm. I first met uh, Jamel on the, TV show, we ended up bumping into each other in my neighborhood because his mom lives in my neighborhood and I <laughs> recognized him because he was wearing a bright green jacket. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he was wearing the same jacket that he was wearing during the interview. And I'm like looking across the street and I'm like, that Jack, the color looks familiar. And I go, oh, <laughs> in, in. and so we, I went up to him and, and we ended up standing on the street for like a half an hour, 40 minutes talking, oh, photography. Cool. And after that he helped, he got interested in the work that I was doing and then he asked me and Tom to be in a, in a projected show in Poland. And so we sent him our work and, and that was our first uh, intro to Photoville. So um, earlier this year, he, he reached out to me, um, uh, it was this year too, uh, asking me about being in this show called, it's called the Brooklyn connection. And I'll just, I'll, I'll read in a minute what he wrote, but he, he asked, he, he said that when he was asked to curate the show, of Brooklyn photographers, he says I was one of the first photographers he thought of uh, to to be in the cool. show. Man. Yeah, which I was kind of amazed by. And I told him honestly, I said this is the best thing that's happening to me so far this year because this year has been not a good year for me uh, mm-hmm. and life in general. And you know, hearing about being in a show was the best news that I heard. But I wasn't all that. You know, I'm interested in it, but like, given the scope of events that were happening, like, I, I really didn't care about being mm-hmm. in a show. And I waited actually for the last minute to to send, submit pictures, and I did, and they picked I I don't know eight eight or nine of them um, to to put in the show. So uh, well, let me read. Let me read to you what this um, the Brooklyn Connection. What he wrote. It was like, photos by. Uh, let's see. Uh, me, uh, Amy Touchette, Christopher Cook, Melanie Hill, Phillips Shung, and Shino Kitano. And uh, these are Jamel's words here. It goes, when Photoville and Prospect Park Alliance asked me to serve as a guest curator on this exhibition of six rising photographers living in Brooklyn, I accepted the task. As a former emerging photographer myself, I understood the challenges that one encounters in the struggle to get their work exhibited. This new opportunity provided me with a great platform to help aspiring photographers showcase their work, curating an ex- exhibition that could serve as a source of inspiration during these challenging times and to do so within the beautiful space of Prospect Park. The six photographers selected have roots in Brooklyn. They share a common love for photography, and I've met them all within the last 10 years. And then uh, I'm the first one on the list, and this is Antonio Rosario is a staunch advocate for analog photography. His images are focused in part On the diversity of the Kensington section of Brooklyn, so let's talk about this for a second. So, okay, first of all, did he say
1: you're an emerging photographer? Well,
0: I'm sort of, I'm sort of grouped into into this group of uh, quote-unquote emerging photographers. So, uh, sure, okay, (laughs) I'm not quite emerging, Um, and and the the staunch advocate for analog photography. you know, uh, I love animal photography, but I'm not sure I'm a staunch advocate of it. But uh, I think maybe he he might have um, seen you know the switch to manual uh, right. thing that me and Tom did once, or somehow that popped in into our friend
1: was Shane who does the old uh, the old maybe work. yeah maybe I don't know. Could be any but, of those, any or all of the above. Yeah,
0: it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, Um you know, I was uh, so last night. Uh, the show opened for a while. so the pictures are, and I'll put these in the show notes, they're um, like you said, they're printed on canvas or vinyl canvas and they're attached to a fence and they're like four feet by four feet or three feet by four feet, you know so they're a significant size um, mm-hmm. and you know weatherproof and stuff like that. And they're this uh, bunch of pictures are sort of grouped by a photographer along this fence near an old house in Prospect Park that's being renovated. So last night the photographer's talk was put off. It actually, the show opened up in I don't know in June at some point, uh, and the the talk was postponed until last night. And I had uh, and I was invited, of course. And I had mixed feelings about going um, because I was I was a little unsure about how to speak in public. You know, mm-hmm. f- you know whether I could speak in public or. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about a lot of things, you know, it's like I'm starting to take new steps in this new right. life that I'm, that I'm part of now. So everything is new and you know, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I want to go, but then, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking I'm just sitting in my apartment or, or something. What, what else am I going to do? Yeah. So yeah, I decided to go. And, uh, the, the way it was set up was like, there was about 40 or 50 people maybe 40 people wasn't, it wasn't a huge crowd. And then the photographers and then a lot of the people who were the sponsors and, and the people from photoville and they filmed us. And the idea was just, to have a talk with each photographer in front of their work. And everybody sort of walked around and, and spoke. And, uh, it was, it was a nice cross selection of photographers and photography. Uh, Mm -hmm. one woman, um, actually was telling us that she was shooting with a twin lens reflex doing portraits on a Roloflex, uh, um, and that camera helped her, you know, get into, you know, because people aren't aware of what a twin lens reflex camera right. is, and so, you know, that brought her in, uh, made her a sort of a curiosity. Her, her pictures are really good, uh, and I won't we'll get into all of them just because it's it's too much. Yeah. You can, uh, I, don't know if we can, I don't know if all the pictures are available. You know, darn it, I didn't take pictures of everybody's. I only took pictures of mine, (laughs) of my, of my fence part, but, uh, I'm probably Photoville will probably put a video up of, cause they interviewed us all, you know, and they were filming us and, um, I didn't know what to say exactly other than what, what sort of spit out was like, you know, I'm, I, I said, I'm just kind of the messenger here. Uh, you know, I said the idea of photography in, in my case was that, you know, I am sort of tasked to show people what I see on a day-to-day basis, you know, and mm. the pictures I post up were a lot of the pictures I took on my way to work. Actually, some of the pictures they put up were not in Brooklyn, which was really kind of funny because I, I sent them a selection of only pictures in Brooklyn.
1: Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Jamel went and I guess he went through my, my Instagram account, the hacked Instagram account and found other pictures. And, and a couple of them were from Manhattan, you know? Uh, so that was mm-hmm. really, that was interesting. Uh, I'll, uh, not quite about Brooklyn you know so this this thing was a little a little mixed up a little bit you know in terms of uh, um, interesting yeah it was interesting but but the pictures were were, were fun. Uh, one of my favorite shots that is in Brooklyn was a shot I took of a young boy uh, standing on the F train and the doors are open and on the outside of the train is juxtaposed this lingerie ad and and there's a woman uh you know in a bra like on the opposite side so he's on one side of the door on the inside of the train looking at me and then there's yeah. this you know
1: bra woman <laughs> underwear <laughs> on underwear on the outside
0: yeah. and it is you know i look at that picture and it's like it's it's the kind of picture i've always wanted to take i i can't like i didn't always we walk around and want to take a subway shot but it was like I look at it I'm yeah. like I'm glad I took that picture. I really enjoyed that shot, and you know, maybe they'll hmm. give me this canvas when they're done from the show. I hope, I, I hope, I hope they get That'd it. But be cool, yeah. And and so it was. It was a nice evening. It was hot, and boy, it was hot and muggy. And uh, I, I did speak to a few people. You know, afterwards they asked me questions, and it was really nice to connect to people. And again, and I realized, you know what? It was. Just, I'm glad I went. Better too have that experience and, and, uh, you know, have a little pride that like, you know, I got some pictures hanging up someplace and people are Somewhere seeing in them. public. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I can hear someone say, Oh, that picture, you know, they're talking about that picture in the subway. Like, wow, oh, that's a great picture. I heard someone whispering behind. Yeah. Me. And I can't help but think like, you know, oh, that's nice. It's nice to hear yeah. somebody.
1: Enjoy it's better that. than a heart on the screen. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and even yeah. just to be able to explain myself a little bit, like to say, You know, and I, you know, I, at that, at the talk, I'm looking at the pictures and I really had nothing prepared, but I'm saying to people, I think I said, this might be like the last street photography you see from me because of this journey, you know, the the sort of transition from after Elizabeth died. I don't, you know, uh, not that she really had anything to do with my street photography, but I can, I can sense that there's new things starting to brew in me and this is the new chapter of my life. And I don't know if this new chapter includes me, um, walking around with, uh, uh, you know, my, my, um, uh, my, uh, you know, X 100, uh, V, uh, F, sorry. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, taking pictures, you know, of people on the street, you know, you know, uh, so, yeah. Uh, Cool. There we go. So anyway, it was a nice experience. Uh, uh, nice experience. I enjoyed myself, um, choked up a little bit when I was talking about Elizabeth and, and was got encouraged to continue. During, and Jamal was a real gentleman. He was really, yeah. really out there to make sure that everybody connected with each other. And he kept getting people together and wanting to, 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 you know, uh, get another group shot He's, together, get a photographers. Yeah. That's <together>. yeah. oh,
1: <laughs> so, cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was, yeah, that was my, that was my, uh, that was my, that was my, my, one photography experience. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm happy
1: for you, man. That's very cool. Have Jamel on your, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, and so, uh, the plan will be, as I talked to him, I talked to him last night. I said, yes, we, we, you know, I asked you about a zillion times to be on the show and you said yes, and I just haven't gotten my act together to get around to it. And then he told me that he's got a book coming out in, I think, in August and see that might be a good thing to talk about. And he was, uh, it's a book based on, he was uh, photographing a lot during the crack epidemic in in New York city. Um, Mm. and, and so the book will be about that. I believe that's the one that's coming out. Um, he's got, what's his, the the company Steidl is his publisher?
1: Steidl. Yeah. That's Gerhard Steidl. He's in Germany. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Mm. I asked him, I said, maybe you can get me a review copy and then, you know, when I get that and we can talk to you about that on the show. So yeah, um,
1: those Gordon parks volumes I have are Steidel books. They're amazing. And, um, the Evelyn Hofer book I have, they're just amazing quality. Just nothing. like That's them.
0: what I remember. Yeah. I remember you said that. And, uh, so when he said that, I was like, Oh, they're really good publishers. He's like, yeah, they're really good. Um, so I'll get the review copy. I don't know. We'll figure out how to get you some too. So, you know, PDF or, okay. Something. Well, I'm and, probably going to uh, buy the book when it comes out. Okay, sure. good. All right. And then uh, and then we'll have some time and I'll get him on the show. So maybe in the next, you know, whenever his schedule is, but hopefully in the next couple of months. So we'll, cool. we'll get that finally done. Yeah, I would love to talk to him. Uh, and he's much taller than I remember. <laughs> I'm like, looking at the guy. I'm like, dude, you're, I didn't say this, but my brain, I'm like, dude, you're, you got taller. <laughs> it's either that or I shrunk. <laughs> I just don't remember him. He was like, he's like this big, you know? <laughs> well, uh,
1: like I said in the chat, we'll figure something out. We'll try to accommodate for his height on the podcast.
0: Right, on the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right. Uh, okay, so that's it. Well. So um, anyway, I've been looking, you've been busy or at least busy posting pictures. Um, I, I don't know if it's been on Instagram, but I've seen the stuff on On uh, Yeah, Instagram on Facebook. and Facebook. Yeah. And, and uh, you're, you're gone back to photograph your old home. So, yeah, so talk so, to me about that more and, and talk to me in words. Cause all I've been doing is typing.
1: <laughs> I yeah. really yeah. talked. Yeah. So, so two weekends ago, uh, I went back to my hometown in Saskatchewan. That's about a five and a half hour drive East from here to attend my 40th anniversary of my high school graduation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So half the class was there. And what's funny about this class is that we're all very good friends. We've kept in touch over social media or some of us still live there. A few of us live here in Calgary. So there's, we're always kind of milling around each other. So I went back for that and I had this urge, uh, the one morning, uh, before any of the festivities began of driving out to the old, I want to call it a homestead. It's not our homestead but it was land and and um a farmyard that we rented for a few years when i was a teenager so drove out there um it's about i don't know uh, 10 or 12 miles out of the town Mm -hmm. and um it was funny because i couldn't find the entrance to the yard the hedge like they um, they have these big carragana hedges it had all grown in Over the entrance (laughs) from the road, so I had to go through and bushwhack, kind of walk backwards through this (laughs) with a machete. (laughs) Yeah, I should have had one. I should have had one. So I'm walking backwards through this, uh, through this thick, you know, this thick brush, and then I turn around and then I see the old house, and it's uh, quite moving actually. Everything else still there. is there the house is there was there anybody still living standing. there no no it's completely abandoned you know that you see these urban these urbex whatever they're called pictures no, of abandoned that? homes oh it's what's, it's a, a, what's a, it, a urbex it, what does that mean it's urban ur, urban exploration um oh. and it's it's it is going through abandoned homes so you know it's as if all the furniture, all the artifacts are left behind, and hardly anyone's been in these homes or whatever. It's not the case with this house. This house had been, you know, I think, used as a party house or something after we had moved out. Anyway, the occasion was it was 40 years since I left that home. So my, my family uh, lived there for another two years before they moved to another farm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as far as I know, we were the last family to live there. And the thing about these farmyards, it's not like, uh, you know, if the family that originally set up that homestead leaves, another farmer buys it, and they may use the home, they may not. In this case, for us, the house was still in pretty good shape, and then our family moved in and rented and so on. So when we moved out, the farmers didn't really want to rent it again, and so that's how it fell into, into the state that it they was. They just leave Every it standing
0: season. up? like They, they leave, leave it, it
1: standing up. They might use it for storage for something or whatever, but it's hard to secure so you just kind of leave it as it is and when it becomes so decrepit you you know you could knock it down but it's still in the state that it's in it's kind of interesting anyway every every window was broken out of it so the weather's blowing through every single window and the birds are coming in and going out and so on and um i wondered about how stable it was to go in so (laughs) i went I, i went in i walked around it a little bit and peeked inside and wondered if you Know the floors and the floor joists were you're not technically enough. trespassing, are you? Or, or are you? Um, I sort of am, but I know the family, so so I it's not think... you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Right. I there's, there's not a problem. Um, so I went in, uh, went in, the floor seemed stable enough, and uh, I walked around and took pictures, tried to take a representative picture of every room because every room had its own significance to the family, you know, um, the kitchen to my mother, our bedrooms, and the living room. and room that they you know used to call the parlor which was like a whatever you want to call it a a secondary room that's Mm -hmm. you know kind of where we had the stereo where we set up the stereo so i went in there and it was um um it's funny it it is nostalgic to go through there and kind of put yourself back in that that time that we were in there and uh I could hear the sounds that I used to hear and the records I used to play in the, in the parlor oh. and so on. Um, it was fascinating. And then just, just the, I think what struck me the most was how quickly the place decayed, like 40 years just doesn't seem like that amount, that much amount of time. I mean, I think of the house we're living in now is already 25 years old. Um, but, uh, you know, another 15 years of that, and it's going to be in the same shape as that old farm, you know? Was this, so, was
0: this for you? Like, did you plan to go there and photograph?
1: I had like, thought about it. No, if I was going to go there, it was definitely going to photograph it. Okay. Um, but I was just. But I mean, just, I mean like I you didn't it. just
0: go there with your phone and say, oh, this is like. Did you no, go no. A, I brought my camera. camera? With me. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I brought my okay. camera. So this camera. was a, There's a plan in this too.
1: Yeah. And the plan would have, you know, if, if it was unsafe, I would get what I could out of it, but the stairs were, were solid. The mm-hmm. house itself was still square and plumb and it hadn't, it hadn't started sinking into the ground yet. So I felt oh. relatively safe walking around. There was broken glass and stuff everywhere and, you know, stuff left behind, left behind by birds, which you can imagine.
0: <laughs> so what but, was the, uh, what was the goal photographically? What did, what were you trying to capture?
1: um just the memory echoes ghosts echoes just to see what uh i mean the 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 pictures the bedrooms particularly are not they're not exactly you know ringers in terms of photography right they're just a plain representation of you know the wall and the 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 walls and the windows, uh, the window and the paint peeling, and the cracks and the reticulation in the paint, the, all the layers of paint that have, you know, cracked. Um, it's just just kind of a, a memory, an echo of a memory, is what I was trying to get out of it. And it was I basically just cataloged every room and tried to make, tried to make the light look as interesting as I felt it was when I was standing and uh, still standing in the building. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it I'm really glad I went I thought I, I would there would be a melancholy aspect but there wasn't um it was just sort of like okay, I can put myself back in this time and to in that way it was fascinating. are there good memories there or yeah mean, oh yeah mean, yeah yeah. Okay. yeah I used to I remember uh, I have a couple of memories of when my parents one of my parents vehicles broke down and I had to take the snowmobile pulling a sled behind it to go to. <laughs> To drive the eight miles or whatever it was to it's like a Canadian, it's almost like dog sleds or something. <laughs> drive the snowmobile with my saxophone and the sled in the back, and drive the eight miles into town so that I could get into band practice, and then <laughs> which finishes at ten thirty at night or something on a Monday, and then I have to start up the snowmobile, oh. freeze my butt off to go back out to the yeah. farm. There's stories like that, like stuff that I remember, very very specific memories.
0: Did you have pictures of it growing up? I mean, did you take pictures? Not many. Um, okay.
1: There are a few when that's when we were all kind of leave, starting to leave the nest, right? I was the mm-hmm. first. So there were three of us gone pretty much by the end, by the time the family had moved out, mm-hmm. moved out of there, and then they moved to this other uh, acreage. Um, but there were, like, I wasn't around long enough to, and the thing was, too, I was a little resentful because we had left town where I had my darkroom to this farmhouse where that just was not a possibility. So, and now I'm bringing photography back into that house, which is kind of the switch around.
0: Yeah. And so when you, I, well, you're approaching taking the pictures seriously or was this, I mean, like,
1: yeah, no, I wanted like, to like make something project, a little, mini project, it. A little yeah, know. it was a little mini project of something, you know, and there were a few phrases that were occurring to me. It's like the prairie wants it back. Like it's trying to, it's trying to swallow it up, you know, sort of uh-huh. like the head of a movie like Poltergeist or something. It's a slow process, but eventually it's going to take it all back. Yeah. You know, I walked around in what used to be our garden when we had like, you know, 10 acres of corn and it's all grown up and gone and tall grass now. Like it's all, you know, this these 40 years of really, it really wants to, you know, it's like nature wants to take the yard back. So Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, I thought it was fascinating. I mean, it was it was moving and a bit nostalgic and interesting for me personally. And and, and the fact that it had been 40 years, I think, had a certain resonance. Um, no, I think it was a it was a good visit, and it was a interesting interesting project. It's not not like any of my other work. Like it's right. It's just a catalog of. Uh, and I've got one picture. I think I'll post tomorrow, or maybe even tonight, of. The dramatic sky—it'll uh, be a, probably a black and white picture. Dramatic sky over the over the house. One of the last pictures. Oh, I took an outside. Before shot. I left yeah. the yard. Yeah. An outside shot. Yeah.
0: How long did you stay shooting? I was there for about an hour. Oh, really? So. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: It's not that big, right? It's just right. Uh, okay. You know, there's there's n- not much. I mean, I'm not much of a landscape building, you know, photographer anyway. I just really wanted to capture the house and. And um I don't know why you're saying that I because you post
0: you've posted a lot of shots of like you go to these um abandoned churches or there was some farmhouse picture that you posted a little not oh, too yeah, long the, ago which I yeah, really that. liked because it was like you had the house and it was it, it was at dusk and then there was another oh, little, yeah. like triangular structure on the on yeah the,
1: the the portico for the back door yeah no, yeah I was, that's yeah, the, yeah. so like, like I've seen guy. those shots a lot
0: and yeah. so I don't know why you're saying you don't well no I just.
1: I don't go out of my way like it's not like oh I got to go back out and take these pictures. That was an organized tr- sort of an organized okay. trip of right. my beers and cameras buddies. They wanted to go out there and I'm like I'm I'm all for it. But you and seem to they're... have this as like a side thing that yeah. you do. I mean, well, that's like, true. I'll, I'll I mean, just like just like
0: sure. all of us, it's like we have your thing that you do. Yeah. And then you're you're doing something else once in a while, but yeah. it's still part of your you know it's like a parenthesis. Yeah, that's true. You know? It's <laughs> parenthesis job. I don't know if that means, makes any sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, and any desire to do anything with these
1: pictures or you just, that's it? I may. I mean, I've got, I know there's some little snub, you know, Dave's kind of rubbing off on me here a little bit. I might write some prose or some poetry <laughs> about it, <laughs> something along the lines of the prairie wants it back.
0: Yeah. Uh, all
1: right. And then the whole, the metaphor of the window, letting light in, letting weather in, letting whatever, and what goes out and.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. I it, it just started doing um, a, a little parentheses project of, of, of restaurants that are closed, um, right. mainly shooting with the medium format camera. Um, mm. And as, as you were thinking about that, I wonder if this, our stuff would be too similar to create a zine, or would there be enough of a, you know, your abandoned structures and me doing these,
1: these. Yeah, there uh, might be. Oh, there might oh, be. There know, would exactly. be pictures that don't sort of stand on their own to be on social media might work in a zine. Yeah. We can certainly.
0: We we have to bring that up again. We have to start exploring doing that because we were talking about that. But, uh, I remember we, we talked about it while I was in a, again, in a place where, uh, you know, yes, I want to do a zine, but I'm not, my brain wasn't doing it now that I'm a little freer in that. I think we should explore that again. Well, that sounds great. I want to see, I'd like to see all the pictures together. I know you put out one at a time. Sure. Um and I don't look at Instagram anymore so
1: I have to find all you, right. uh, I'll put them in an album for you I'll put yeah, okay. what I've produced cuz I put almost all of them on Instagram and I don't think I you know I keep forgetting that you're not Well you'll Instagram have to give me a few anymore.
0: to put in the show notes since we talked about it.
1: Okay. And uh, I can I can put up I mean I'm on the PC here right now I can Well don't do it now we're talking. <laughs> like, yeah okay. Don't My memory's multitask. so short. No, I can't. I can't multitask. Work.
0: When we're recording, no. it doesn't work. It says, squirrel,
1: squirrel. squirrel. Oh. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> something shiny over there. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, it, it, if you have an opportunity to do something like that, um, to, to, to kind of revisit your previous life, if that's something that interests you, it's I found it pretty interesting, rewarding, poignant, all of these things. And I think it's uh, – I'm glad I did it.
0: I'm good. I'm glad you did it too. Yeah, because we benefit from
1: seeing the picture. The nice yeah. picture. You shot it with your regular cameras too? I mean, yeah, most you, of it was. Uh, well, my ETH, my XE3 with XE3. the 16 millimeter, ah. which is oh, I love that lens, the <laughs> 16 millimeter one. For it's the one I use the least. Well, my Seven Artisans Fisheye is the one I use mm-hmm. the least, but of my Fuji lenses, it's the lens I use the least, but it's the one I'm most glad I have when I do use it.
0: Don't tempt me. <laughs>
1: Lens. Everybody should have that lens. I'm just saying.
0: All right, all right. Don't think about it. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and you know, if we could uh, see how far this goes, and uh, this not related. Well, I guess it's related to us in many ways. But lately, Nikon just recently announced that they'll no longer be, um, I think they'll no longer be making new DSLRs. Uh, doesn't mean they're going to stop making them what they have already got, but I don't think they're going to do essentially what Canon is doing. Um, right. And what Sony's done a long time ago is no longer develop new DSLRs. I think that's it, right? It's Canon and Nikon who are the only people left making DSLRs. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody Thank left. You. I mean, I know there's there's a few Leicas and a few Hasselblads that are still DSLRs. So They're not mirrorless yet entirely, but like I don't really count those companies as part of the right the main group of photographers. And so I kind of wanted to, you know, we're talking about like what's the subject for tonight, also to talk about. And I was like, well, I think this is actually a big deal, and I know it's. I don't really want to talk about the technical too much, but um, but because it is about equipment in some way but kind of what the meaning of it is. And so, um, and by the time everybody hears this, it's not going to matter anymore, but I, I don't, I, you know, the job that I'm working at, I, I don't know if I actually have said where I'm working. So I figure I'll say it now. I work at B and H, um,
1: Only like one camera. Of the biggest camera stores, biggest camera you know, stores
0: in the, in the, yeah, in the planet. And uh, I was working in their email and chat uh, support. Actually, I worked in the store for a few months. And so, but, uh, the, the, without getting too much into me right now, but I decided to quit. Uh, and this, I got one more week to go um, before I, 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 I resigned from there. The main reason is that um, I need to take time for myself to take care of me um, and integrate uh, Elizabeth's death into my life now. And a job is not helping. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so I decided to resign, but I, well, you know, we could talk about that at some other point. Uh, the main thing is, though, I've been answering a lot of questions, part of what people ask me, both in the store when I was working there and, you know, uh, in answering support questions, too, is this idea about, you know, DSLRs and mirrorless cameras and what do they mean. And, uh, I mean, before, before Nikon announced this, Canon said that their last camera, last DSLR was going to be the 1DX Mark III, this giant, you know, tank of a camera. Built for, you know, photojournalists. Shooting and, the Olympics. Yeah, yeah with all the stuff. And it's a, it is a tank of a camera. The thing is huge. You could drop kick that, you know, down a flight of stairs and pick it up and start working again. Perfect. Um, They replaced that with their new, uh, uh, they're replacing all their, you know, um, DSLRs with the R series, the, o, the OSRs. And they have the R3. Uh, uh, the R3 is the flagship. And then the R5 and the R6. And now the R10 and R7. Um, and if you don't know Canon, I learned that the, the higher the number is, the lower on the scale (laughs) of, of the type of camera is. So like the R3 is like the prestigious one. The R10 is like, you know, the consumer just get started camera. And so now Nikon's doing this and I don't know how I feel about this, like Nikon's last big dslr is the d6 i believe six
1: yeah yeah which is also another tank of a camera it's like their last film camera was an f6
0: wasn't it did they get to an f6 i know they had an f5 which was a uh, which was a great camera the f4 was a crappy camera i think there was an f6 yeah i don't know um
1: i think that was their last film one yeah
0: but yeah the d6 uh is their last big flagship camera they only have a D7500, which is their quote unquote flagship, uh, APS-C sensor camera. Then there's like the, you know, I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm starting to get in my b head again, <laughs> the D780, which is like this hybrid DSLR mirrorless camera. Um, but that's it. That's it for Nikon. And it sounds like they'll still make them. I don't believe they're going to be making that many of them, uh, right. Based on my experience with, like, you know, the supply chain issues and people trying to get these cameras, you can't find them anywhere. And right. I imagine that, you know, just like Sony did, uh, they're cannibalizing uh, some of their smaller sensor cameras to spend more energy on their bigger sensor cameras. So a lot of the little APS-C Sony cameras you can't get anymore. In fact, they even announced that they're just putting those on hold or discontinuing them um the A660 yeah the 6400 you just can't find them and they're like going to put their energies cuz i'm guessing their profit margins are higher on on like the A seven, right. four. sorry i'm geeking out again <laughs> anyway sony got out of the dslr business however long ago so they're all mirrorless nikon is now the third of the three big groups that are you know and panasonic and uh, olympus they've they've been mirrorless for a while yeah, It's too. for a while yeah yeah Um, but now Nikon, you know, and I'm a Nikon guy as well. I mean, I'm a Fuji guy and Fuji's mirrorless, but I've got my Nikon stuff. I still have my Nikon lenses. And mainly I like my Nikon lenses. I mean, I never really, uh, upgraded from some of my, uh, Nikon equipment, like my D300 or a D7000, I think that's what I got. And I never really got further than those. Right. Uh, but this now means that we're, not going to be seeing a mirror flapping up and down anymore. Um, And uh, I don't know. What do you think? What's the, what's going on with you about this?
1: Or what do you you think it means
0: overall? Or does it mean nothing?
1: Well, because I would shoot sports every now and then I, you know, when Mark and I did that book, I had my Canon 7D and, I liked the 7D because it was APS-C, and so I got extra, extra, um, whatever you want to call it, um, depth or magnification, or if you want to call it that, for the lenses that I was using to shoot sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I was looking through the taking lens, and I really, and it was faster than, you know, in 2016. There, I couldn't imagine using a mirrorless camera to shoot sports. Oh gosh, no, that quickly, no, no there's no way, no. right. Um, so now we're at a point now, well, just thinking, just thinking of it strictly from sports. Now you can, now we, with an R five or the R three, which I would never afford, but you know, it's possible um, you can, you can shoot. And I've got friends, I've got two friends in my beers and cameras groups at uh, a group that has the R five. They love it. Mm-hmm. They love the glass too. They really like the lenses. Well,
0: now and, with mirrorless cameras, the lenses don't have their focus point is a lot closer. So I'm yeah. guessing that the focus can be a lot more accurate because they don't have to travel, it doesn't right. have to travel through a whole bunch of things.
1: Yeah. So um, and they love they love it and and I mean when I started hearing that you know in this in the Z series or Z series in the in the Nikon's, you know it's it's they've matured now now you we can treat them and they're the battery life is law lo, as long almost as long now for many of the higher end. Um, mirrorless uh, cameras as the, as the DSLRs. Um, mm. So it's yes and no. Well, you could probably speak In some cases.
0: That. Yeah. I mean, that, the, I think the, the battery power is one of the things in general we're, we're giving up. I mean, you know, I would have my Nikon set on the shelf. I don't know for how long and I would use it and I would barely touch the battery and then I would use it again a week later, you know, and just mirrorless, yeah. just naturally they're going to use more power. So yeah. I mean, they are getting better with power. You are right, but I don't think they'll, I don't think they're going to match DSLRs just because DSLRs don't use that much, they don't use that much
1: power. Right. There are clock, there's a lot of it's clockwork in there, so. Yeah. Yeah. But um, does this
0: bring up like the times, like, you know, I was looking through this book, the uh, hundred ideas that changed photography and, and one of the, this is how I came up with the idea. Let's talk about this DSLR thing. The, the, the SLR was the thing that changed photography when it came out, right? You know. So right. People are going from twin lens reflexes or graphlexes or whatever the heck they were using prior to SLRs.
1: Um, to well, there's a way to get over the interchangeable lens problem with rangefinders, right? So on a on a Leica, you would get, pick a different frame line, and then you've got a parallax issue to deal with. Mm-hmm. So they came up with whoever, whomever it was, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the the whole reflex thing of well what we can do you can look through the taking lens so you have there either have a semi silver mirror which is yucky or uh-huh. you can have the you can have the mirror flip up and have it happen, happen rapidly enough that it would work and i mean it's sort of like um, magnetic tape i think you flog that technology as, as much as you can <laughs> and you okay. know you have you have the mirror has to come up fast enough and not vibrate, you know, the whole camera and not do it so right. forcefully that mm-hmm. the camera vibrates. And then have vertical travel focal plane shutters that whatever that were originally cloth and then they became metal and then they became titanium. And then, you know, that just you want the lightest running gear you can so you can move things as quickly as you can. Um, we didn't really with, with mirrorless, we haven't completely licked this scanning problem because um, we still there's have been, rolling it, shutter. It's getting better. It's getting well, better, yeah. But um, but there's still, you know, most cameras you and I can afford have a bit of a rolling shutter issue. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know,
0: just going from those, this, you know, to technology, I get people who ask me like, well, you know, I want to get a new camera. What should I get? And I'm thinking like, I have to advise somebody to buy something. And when you buy a camera today, I think when you buy a camera all the time, like I I don't really expect that you're going to get rid of the camera in like two or three years, you know, I mean, um, you buy Mm. a camera today and it should last, you know, you know, unless for some strange reason you need to get the latest technology and there's, you know, obviously professionals and blah, 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 who have to stay on top of it. They always did. Yeah. yeah. They always did. Yeah. So they're the ones that are going to buy into this stuff first for the most part, but, but like the general public, you know, uh, someone says I want to buy a new camera, and I want it inexpensively. And I'm like, "Geez, do I do I you know shift them to a DSLR because they're you know like the Canon Rebel and the SL3 and the the Nikon yeah. 5600 are all inexpensive cameras. They're hard to find, right? There's a lot. There's, some of them are hard to find. They're not in stock a lot. Mm-hmm. But like that is a dead end, you know. Right. Even if Nikon and Canon. Are still gonna be making the lenses because they've already tooled up for this stuff and they've got a big market for it. Like, would I wanna encourage somebody to to hit this dead end if you're gonna have this camera for like five to ten years, you know? Yeah. And I'm sort of hesitant to do that because, you know, you got this new technology,
1: new, it's not really new, but you know, it's well, it's replacing it's supplanting the old technology for sure now so.
0: right and you know just like any kind of shift in photography with the new technology it offers a lot of benefits you know i i remember when i i didn't when i switched over to fuji and it was kind of a slow progress progressive thing i mean i had stuff that i was still shooting with my Nikon, because I was also doing some video work with that, and that has moderately okay video, not great, you know, but uh, I was using it. But then I was moving over to um, actually, I still, it's funny, I still have it. It's all full of dust now. This little uh, yeah. Fuji X20. Actually, I
1: actually yeah. cleaned well, I got off the black bodied one, I have the chrome one, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is now it's all dusty. But, you know, this is sort of my first inroads into uh, what I might consider mirrorless, even though. I had the Canon G5, which is technically a mirrorless camera. This, I think, is also, this is, like, more of a mirrorless camera because it is an yeah. electric, well, actually, it doesn't have electronic viewfinder. It's got a.
1: Well, it's got an LCD overlay. Yeah, it's so got an So you get frame camera. lines. It's got an optical viewfinder, but it's got LCD. It, d- it draws frame lines. Very cute. Yeah. But I remember,
0: like, thinking, do I want, I, I had a real uh, hesitancy about using an electronic viewfinder. Uh, and I remember seeing, like just you said, those earlier electronic viewfinders don't show the world the way we want to see it. It shows it like a maybe a bad television screen. Of course, right? They've gotten much much better, right? And so now you're seeing, and then you got to start thinking of the advantages of it because oh, like I've, again, I'm thinking about in terms of selling somebody something, or not right. so, like I'm not trying to be a salesperson, but trying to get them to think about. Like, yeah. what are the pluses of something like this? And so now with, you know, mirrorless cameras, you, you know, one of the main things I like to say is now you don't have to guess about what your picture is going to look like. I was like. Well, I didn't have to guess about it before. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, you do. Because you take a picture and then you got to look. Yeah. And if you don't know exposure and stuff like that, you're still just looking at the real world and then you have to look at your picture to see if it turned out the way you expected it to see. So right. if you underexposed it by a stop because you wanted to saturate the colors, you really you need to look. Now, obviously, when you're looking through the electronic viewfinder on mirrorless cameras, you can see exactly how your picture is going to turn out. And I also use that as an advantage when I'm talking to students sometimes, too. Because when I was, and I've probably said this a zillion times, but when I first started photography, as you did, too, it started with black and white photography. right? And I had a very hard time, even for a very long time after I learned and got into it, to see the world in black and white. You know, right. so if I'm shooting black and white film, uh, but I'm looking through an, an optical viewfinder, I'm seeing the world in color, and then I'm getting black and white, and I can't make the connection. You know, there are right. some people who can look at the world and, and see, oh, that's going to turn out this color, and black and white, that's going to turn out that shade of gray, and that's going to turn I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so now with students, I tell them, you know, well, look, you with the, with the DSLR, you couldn't do that. I mean, you, again, you take a picture, then you have to look at it and then figure it out. But now, Now with the
1: film simulation, you can see it in the viewfinder.
0: Right. And you're seeing the world in black and white, which I think is, you know, an advantage because Mm. it uh, creatively, right? Because then you're looking at the world. Like I love to look at things with really dark shadows, like, you know, thinking about like uh, some of Mark Ryerson's work that he does with the, with the the contrast app, you know, Um, contrast by Hornbeck Hornbeck uh, Hornbeck. Yeah. I got that right this time. I usually forget. Um, but to like be able to see the world like that, you know, and you don't get no. that opportunity with a DSLR. DSLR is no. using older technology mixed mm-hmm. with newer technology, I guess. Um, but it does mean a shift. It means that we've we've come to this point in photography that, you know, I think future people who write about photography are gonna say, here's the point. Less like we were talking about the shift from, uh, you know, older, maybe rangefinder cameras or, or you know, old style uh, field cameras to something that you can hold in your hand and take a lot of pictures with the, the coming of the SLR. I think this is the same, yeah. same, same thing.
1: Well, I think there was a bit of inevitability when digital first came out, right? It was sort of because we had those, those point and shoot digital cameras. Right, right, right. You know the the mirrorless cameras that we're using now are just super versions of those, with interchangeable lenses. Right. They had the whatever two thirds inch sensor.
0: Yeah, bigger sense, bigger sensors now, smaller yeah. sensors then. Better screens now, crappier yeah. screens back then. So yeah, yeah, it it is the evolution. Yeah, and I don't know enough about the companies whether like you know these are, are better profit making things because they're in business to make you know, money. So these things have to, you know, somehow, um, do better for them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we're on the other end. We're the users and we're the creators. And what does that, what does that mean for us? And frankly, you know what? I, I thought I would really care and miss it. And like, you know what? I actually don't.
1: I don't, I don't either.
0: I don't, you know, which is, there's some part of that for me that's, I'm sad about because I want to care about it. You know, I want to have, like, there's some part of me that wants to, like, say, oh, you know. Blah, blah. And I can't muster that up. I just can't.
1: If there was any morning I would have done, it would have been when I sold my 7D. Uh-huh. Um, and lenses, I had this Sigma 24-105, to which was only two and a half or three years old when I sold it. And um, I'm like, mm, no, I think I'm good. Yeah. Use the cat. That's how I got into, how I ended up getting into um, you know, getting into the XE3 and those, the, the first set of lenses was by selling my Canon. So I went through, I actually went through that evolution yeah. bang, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And many I of know, my friends did too.
0: I mean, and I, I have the D, you know, actually, funny, I forgot, like I don't really get rid of my cameras. <laughs> I right. Got a slew of them just because I never got around to it. Now it's obviously too late. I mean, I still have, I still have my D2X, which was my first professional. You know, that was the flagship digital camera when it came out. Right, Uh, it was 12 megapixels or something. Yeah, it was 12 megapixels. The D2X and the D2H, and the X was the higher megapixels. The H was the faster shooting one. Okay. And it's stuffed in my closet someplace. You know, I'm afraid to take it out because it'd be like. you know, I'll look at it. And the screen is like this big on the back. <laughs> yes, I'm sure, yeah. you know, posted staff, yeah. posted stamp size. And like, Oh, what do I, why do I care about these? But like, you know, those ended up on the shelf and I didn't take them out or like care about them or, or anything. Like I just, I don't, I didn't care. And my D 7,000, which was a really good camera and D 300 too. I shot, I shot a lot of good stuff with the D 300. I think that's a great camera too. It's it was a popular. camera. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any nostalgia over it. You know, I'm no. very excited about the new cameras. And so I don't, you know, but it does mean this, it does mean this, you know, shift We've we've, we're in the middle of this now. It was inevitable, just like you're, you said, you know, yeah. the, uh, the evolution of things. Many of the major companies are like, yeah, I do we don't care about that. And now we're used to seeing the world yeah. through, you know, a television screen. Uh, which is getting better and better. And the use of the battery life is getting better and better. And the, the visual through the screen is getting better and better. So in other words, they even have on the, on the new Nikon. And I think this is on the, on the Canon too, the ability to make the screen, your, your viewfinder that you're looking through to make it look like the real world to like subdue all the colors and, and create a more, uh, realistic looking view. Through oh, so
1: when you're shooting at night, you're not getting the boosted
0: gained. Well, up. I don't know that you might get the boost again. It's not about that, but it's just, it's really about the colors. It's like, it's like turning off all oh. the picture profile, but even making it like as neutral as possible so that it looks like the world that you would see through an optical viewfinder. I see. So, yeah. So that, because there are some photographers who say, I don't want to see the stuff like I'm talking about before, like see it in black and white or see the color pr- picture profiles, they just want to see the way the world looks. And I'm guessing that could be, not to generalize, but, you know, I think maybe a photojournalist or something like that would want to see the world the way it looks, right? And so right. they want to shut everything off because they're not processing, or maybe they're not processing their pictures so much. So there's even that built into the higher end cameras. I mean, I don't know if that's going to trickle down to some of the smaller cameras, but, you know, some people would like that. Why not? You know, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's, this is, this is the end of an era, you know, um, you can still use a lot of the companies let you use the older lenses on the newer cameras with an adapter. Cause you can do that. You can't put the, you know, I get these questions. Can I put the mirrorless lens on my DSLR? I'm like, no. And they're like, why? No. <laughs> I have to explain to them. I mean, but sure. I'm, I'm fine explaining because it's a new thing. Flange,
1: flange to sensor distance.
0: Yes. But that's a geeky thing, you know, for the regular person. They don't understand um, that,
1: you know. Well, I feel bad for the people that did buy lower-end DSLRs, who's who, you know, maybe maybe sort of understand that they can use their old lenses on the new gear, but having to buy an adapter in order to do so. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, that's it's where just, I think it's, this is where I think that Canon has done. I mean, this is to go into my thinking about Canon, but I think they've done some good. Uh, future thinking with the newer, smaller sensor cameras that they're coming out with because they finally dis- they decided to make, and this is like Sony as well, the same mount on their APS-C sensors as they do on their full-frame sensors. So right. that there isn't this need to have an adapter at some point in the future. They'll, you can take a full-frame lens and stick it on an aps c size camera with, without having to do any kind of a, a, a adaption. Using an adapter, Um, so some future proofing in that, and I think Nikon's doing the same thing. I actually can't remember. Yeah, they're doing the same thing with, but they don't have that many APS-C sensor cameras. But anyway, you know, all that is going to benefit us because all this adapting, and unless you're trying to be creative and stuff like that, but all this other adapting your old stuff to the new stuff, it's like it 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 gets a little crazy um, to try to figure this stuff out. But yeah, you know, the the one thing is the old lenses; they're not going anywhere. Like once you make an old lens, that is, you know, the old lenses don't get obsolete for the most part. I got, you know, a few Nikon lenses that still look really good on my, on my uh, Fuji. And I'm talking about really old Nikon lenses, Yeah. yeah. but there's enough resolution, um, for them to run on even the Fuji medium format as I bought an adapter, (laughs) I bought this Metabones adapter so that it could put a Fuji, uh, Nikon lens on the Fuji camera and it extends the Extends out the uh, image circle. Now it's not the greatest optical quality, but it's got a character to it. But, but anyway, you can do that. Anyway, right. I'm, I, again, I keep going down this technical, uh, you know, yellow brick road here. But I just wanted to think about the sort of the, if there was any philosophical things for it. But we both of us seem like we don't really care. <laughs>
1: it's, like, <laughs> well, no, it's we can we can care about it. It's just sort of like it is time. Like when I when I saw the R5 and the R3 come out on the Canon side and people are shooting sports with it. And I knew had heard that they were shooting the Tokyo Olympics with the R3. I'm like, okay, well they're doing it. So it's time, you know, want to get back into, you know, into shooting sports in a big way. Uh, well, there's the Fuji. I want to see what the Fuji uh, XH2 or XH2S, whichever one. And that may be my next body because mm-hmm. I have all these lenses. Um, but I'm excited that there's an that there's an R3. I got to hold an R3 with the 85mm 8514 or 85mm 8512. What's the 85? I don't know what the R series yeah. 85 oh. millimeter is, but wow, it's like t- holding 10 grand of <laughs> equipment. <laughs> Actually, I'm one to talk, yeah. You know, but anyway, yeah. um uh and it was just beautiful, like I can imagine owning that I can't afford to own one. Uh but no, it's time. It's arrived. They're they're suitable for they fit for purpose now. So. And
0: even yeah, and even Nikon on their uh Z9 or Z9 as you would say. Um yeah. they've gotten rid of the mechanical shutter altogether. There's there's mm-hmm. the only mechanical thing in that camera is a Little curtain that comes over to protect the sensor when you change lenses. Um, lenses, yeah. Uh, but there's no electronic, there's no mechanical shutter whatsoever, and that, and they've put a stake in that because we all know the issues with shutters on digital cameras. We were talking about rolling shutter before, and yeah. it's an expensive thing for companies to try to figure out. There was all these little tricks that they can do. There's yeah. some software things some companies do, but there's the stacked sensor, which again I won't go into, but that helps to mitigate that rolling shutter kind of thing. But Nikon, because they've gone with the electronic shutter altogether, has, you know, they have to deal with this this issue of rolling shutter. And you're shooting sports, you're gonna get rolling shutter, or I call it jelly cam. You get jelly cam um, with an electronic shutter. And and Nikon's like, okay, we're done with it. It reminded me of like when when Apple decided to to yank the uh, floppy disk from the iMac. Like there's no floppy we're we're done with floppy disk. And everybody's like, you're out of your mind. You can't do that. And Apple's like, no, we're gonna do it because this is old and technology. And so Nikon is, you know, Nikon's a lot of things and they're very slow at coming out with cameras and they're very slow (laughs) to ship them and stuff like that. But when they do come out with something at least with this z9 they're setting the bar really high and uh, Mm -hmm. putting the nails putting more nails into the dslr slr camp like that's it we're done we're now stepping into the next century of photography this is what we have to do now and all of it just benefits us in the sense of allowing us to be more creative i think they're in the the cahoots with the hard drive companies though. Oh, well, like sure. 40 well, frames a second raw. You're going to have to store all this stuff on a, on yeah. a you know, terabyte hard drive, but that we'll get into the conspiracy. Well, another yeah, show. there is that. Uh, yeah. But they, they're, they've crossed that line. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, if they spend more time and energy, if they can actually spend more time and energy shipping the things that they talk about rather than, because, uh, the, the can, the Nikon cameras are so back ordered, I you know, think, frankly people are not going to see them for a very very long time but they came out with such a really nice camera
1: yeah but well, it's uh, popular it's just bad bad timing on the yeah maybe right they now.
0: take their energies out of the DSLR stop making these 7500s and 5600s and
1: yeah this
0: the frankenstein D780 which is sorry to say that it's a frankenstein camera uh
1: yeah. Doesn't I know like what the, is. 50 of the, the D850. The
0: D850 is, is the top of the line. I mean, that's yeah. it. I mean, it's the top of the line. So, you know, the uh, uh, against the D6. But it's, I would say, the top of the line other than the D6. Yeah. But take their energies and, and start putting it into, into manufacturing the other stuff. The the Z series is really good cameras. And uh, I think all it does is help us make better pictures and quieter, quieter. Uh, more accurate than people, like, you know, I tell people who are buying a camera for the first time, like, if you want to get something like a Z5 or a Canon, uh, you know, R whatever, R6, something like that, it's a camera that you can grow into. Like, all the stuff is there. With a DSLR, you sort of hit a, I think you hit a, you know, you sort of hit a barrier. Right. But with these mirrorless cameras, you can put it on automatic, right? And you can do this with DSLRs too, but there's something about, like, You know, you you got, you sort of future proof yourself, future proof yourself, getting these, these like uh, good mirrorless cameras. uh, So that, uh, yeah, you put it on automatic, you take great pictures of your kids running around the yards. As you learn more about photography, you start to dive into the more more features that are in there. And that's the whole thing about, again, mirrorless cameras is that you get better software built into them, you know? And because cameras now are computers, essentially. Mm -hmm. And all this is going to be better, and the and the DSLR just hit you know they just hit that ceiling with it. So Uh, you can also do
1: wacky things like um, those f eleven long long telephotos, the four hundred and the six hundred. There, what f eight or f eleven? You couldn't you on a DSLR you couldn't you couldn't view through that thing, right? Oh, just because it's so it's just because the aperture is so the is so small, right. right? Right, and it would be impossible on a film camera, pretty much. Oh, that's true. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So you know, and they're light and they're shorts and they're they're amazing. It's amazing gear. And that's all that's made possible by this by the shift in technology on the okay. camera side.
0: So no love lost. I mean, you know, it it served its time and, and I'm happy, you yeah. know, but it, it just like any of the camera progressions. It makes me wonder what the next like, you know, when we're sitting here, if we're sitting here like what that next shift will be, you know, um, and maybe there isn't another shift coming up, but what maybe there is and what would, what would the cameras of the future look like? Um, I always Mm -hmm. picture something out of like a, you know, in 2001 and there's a scene in, in 2001 where they're having a meeting and this guy's walking around taking pictures of everybody in this conference room and he's got this yeah. thing up to his face and it's like, you know, it's a Pentax
1: spot meter five is what it
0: looks like. It, yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking like, well, that's not too far from what we're doing now anyway, but he's no, walking around and he's, there's no shutter sound and he's just, is no. quietly doing that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, is it still, we're going to be looking through viewfinders. We'll be looking through electronic viewfinders. I mean, I don't know what it will be. It'll be electronic shutters. I mean, everything will be electronics. And, and to go, last thing I want to say about this for me, is, uh, and who was just talking about this camera? Oh, I was listening to, uh, uh, Barry and X speaking with, uh, Hugh Brownstone. Uh, and it was one of the, I was going back through back episodes that I've listened to. And this was one that they recorded at the beginning of the pandemic. And they were talking about this, the love or something about like a piece of film and knowing that that piece of film actually captured the light. Right. That, um, Bounced off of the subject and and was it, yeah. you know, you you're recording an analog of that light. And,
1: right. and, and the piece digital, of film was there with you at the time. Right. The film is with
0: you. The light is was there bouncing off the film like there was something tangible about it. And then the one thing that I'm not uh, this is the one thing I'm sad about is that there's nothing about that in digital. There's no carryover. There's no the light doesn't no. stay with you. It's it's just you know, um, turned into bits, signals and, and electricity turned to the things. And there's nothing that's, uh, there's not, a, there's no residue. That's what I was going to say. That's the word. Okay. There's no residue of photography with digital cameras. And that's me just being nostalgic about it, but there's something, those guys were talking about it. And cause they're, we're at the same, we're of the same generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and anybody like, like Shane Balkowitz, who's doing the, the wet plate, anybody's doing wet plate collodion or any kind of old analog style photography or you know film. Even even Polaroids. Sorry, I was, I was thinking about this because I have this Polaroid of me and Elizabeth mm-hmm. that we did. And I've been using this as like, you know, this has been on my desk and stuff like that. And I realized this piece of film was with us. I was there. This yeah. piece of paper, the light bounced off of this. The noxious chemicals. The noxious chemicals, yeah. Well, luckily, I don't get to see it. But this was... This is an artifact, and that's why I remember when I was walking around during the pandemic with the Polaroid camera because I wanted artifacts of the time. Yeah. So mirrorless cameras, we're never going to see that again, and we've no. made a further step away from that. Um, not that there's there's always going to be film cameras and there's that, but uh, and if someone like me or you wants to go back and and, and do analog yeah. stuff, so yeah, we can. And we, I can I can still have something that is of the time but there's a, a little bit, we've moved a further away from that one more yeah. step. Even, even with the electronic viewfinder, because electronic viewfinder, you're not seeing the world. You're seeing a television yeah. view of the world. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's just my, my little bit of, you know, uh, melancholy about this, uh, this, uh, yeah. this thing, but that's about it. I think, you know, I can get over that. Um, I, I think I'm already over it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right.
1: And speaking of over it, I'm over it. I'm I'm done. We've, we've I'm done, We're done. For, we've
0: talked for a while. I can't believe
1: I can't believe we spoke for a long time. Just, well, you like, did most of the talking on this one. I got to say. You, you, I some, did. Oh man, damn it, man. <laughs> I, can't, I gotta get you to talk more. Okay, I'll th- try. I'll try and think of something for next time.
0: Okay, and because. Uh, <laughs> Get, I, I can't listen to the show because I can't listen to my own voice organ. Although all you people who are listening to me, i you know, you're brave <laughs> to listen to me talk for so long. Anyway, I think that's a wrap. So let's, right. let's wrap it up now. Um, let's tell people where they can find you if they don't know where already.
1: Okay. On Instagram, I'm at, uh, Ward and fine art. I gave the wrong, um, address last time. So I'm Ward Bros and fine art on Instagram. Ward Photography on Facebook, and I'm W Rosen Photo on Twitter, and that's where you'll find, um, well, you'll find my my farmhouse pictures on uh, on Instagram, and Facebook. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's how you'll find me. And I have this little business. It's our unofficial sponsor, unofficial sponsor or- Ornis Photo, um, O R I N S dot photo. Come on over, see what I got for. Um, I look, uh, I, I offer, um, Fuji X, uh, X mount and Sony E mount, um, APS-C lenses for the seven artisans from seven artisans. And I also sell, um, um, lens adapters for adapters, the same mounts. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of fun with lenses and adapters. You go to your site because... Um, I love third-party lenses inexpensive ones and and, and having fun with adapting other lenses um, yeah. it's just it's to me it's a, a, it's always been a way to bring excitement into things and, and sort of an unpredictability as well so
1: I also like some of the precision too like that 55 millimeter uh, micro NICOR, nikon lens that I have it's a, it's a, a macro lens and Wow, does it ever work good with uh, with my Fuji? Oh, yeah? It's, okay. Oh, it's yeah. great lens, flowers and stuff.
0: I regret selling that lens, but okay. But anyway, that's a long time ago. Well, great. Fantastic, man. And uh, yeah, I can be found where? I'm on mostly Twitter now. So AM Rosario on Twitter, Rosario Photo on Facebook. You can see my work on Instagram. Don't, don't follow me. Uh, you'll see all my street work, and I, I haven't decided whether I'm going to start a new account yet. So far, I haven't. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, as things settle down, I'm going to start working more on our on our website a little bit more and get it more fine tuned. I might change the hosting on it and uh, maybe bring it over to uh, Squarespace or something like that to make it a little easier to work with. Um, so I really want this is sort of a goal for the future is to get the to get our Streets Shots website a little bit better rather than just hosting the hosting the, the uh, the audio files or at least one of the places anyway that's for the future and uh, uh we'll have um gosh we have a, a guest for next time hopefully that will work out I for our so next too. middle of august show so cool. uh, yeah I'm, I'm not gonna say who yet because you know, it works out <laughs> all right well yeah that's it um i'm done you're done
1: me too we're all good we're all good.
0: All right. So thanks for thanks for joining us, and see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, have a good night, Ward. Thanks for
1: thanks for hanging with me tonight. Good night, uh, man. My pleasure. Right, we'll see you. Good, good night. Good night.